0: blog talk radio chatting with sherry is presented by the writers and illustrators of the future they have been providing a means for new and budding writers to have a chance for their creative efforts to be seen and acknowledged welcome to chatting with sherry today we welcome back my friend author lee murray we're going to chat about a lot of different things um it is a recorded interview so please don't call in here's lee hi lee welcome to the show
1: Hi, Sherry. Lovely to be here. Thank you for having me. It's
0: been a while. Um, Yes.
1: Well, I think it's maybe six months. I think we talked at the beginning of, just at the beginning of this year in January, the last time. Yeah.
0: That seems like forever ago. I was able to go out.
1: Absolutely, and we had all these plans of going to conventions. I had and, so um, much. <laughs> and everything's been uh, wiped out. been put on the back burner.
0: Yep. Yeah, I had two conventions, and I had a writer's conference, and I had an awards dinner. Poof!
1: <laughs> yeah, poof. Oh, well, never mind. I think uh more important that people are safe and healthy than and getting to those and a lot of those things have gone on virtual actually so that's been very promising
0: yeah but the ones I was going to didn't
1: <laughs> oh that's a shame that's a shame Sherry that is a shame oh well all the better when things when things um, you know get back to a little bit more of normality and we're able to visit with friends again a little bit more openly that will be that'll be wonderful
0: yeah I can't wait Actually, the first thing I want to do is go see a movie, or go to coffee, or go to dinner with my friends, or go out with my brother and have a luncheon, or something.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, actually, in New Zealand, we're in that place now. We're in uh, what we call level one, so um, we've eliminated the virus, and um, we've had many, many days of no new cases and um, so we're back in a situation where we're allowed to see uh, as many friends as we like and there's no social distancing now because we have confirmed for the moment that there's no community spread um, so, and our borders are closed. So it's quite an encouraging um, outlook for us here in New Zealand although of course the economy is been slammed like everywhere else um, and there are a lot of people struggling. But um, health-wise, we've really knocked it out of the park, so uh, we're very excited about that here in New Zealand. So, to be honest, I'm a little nervous myself, Sherry. Um, I lost my dad during the pandemic, and so just the whole just the whole being close to people is just a little bit causing me a little bit of anxiety. And of course, it affected my writing quite a lot during the, during the lockdown period. We had... Uh, five weeks here in New Zealand of full lockdown where it's
0: only essential services out working so yeah I know I know So we're 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 basically still in lockdown they're starting to open just a little bit to something um but mm-hmm. next week they said they're going to start doing some stuff they had start doing stuff but then they stopped and then the riots and the protests and all the craziness and, well, the protests were good, the riots were bad.
1: Um, <laughs> it's really worrying, isn't it? It's very scary for you over there in, in in the United States, although, you know, a lot of solidarity here in New Zealand for, um, for, you know, the dialogue that's been opened in the United States.
0: It is scary. It is scary. Um, unfortunately... Well, the protest was here and that was peaceful, but the rioting that was here afterwards wasn't. And they, um, and I really believe it's like people who are taking advantage of it. They're not the same people. I don't really believe that. And um, they burnt down two of our banks, they burnt and looted our grocery store. It was and it was all around me. I was very scared.
1: Oh, that is really sad. it doesn't sound like the San Diego that I visited some years ago. Just such a lovely, vibrant, busy, happy place. But obviously these things have been, you know, underpinning the society for some time. And, and it needs to be spoken about. So, you know, I think that... Uh, the unfortunate thing is that it's happening right in the moment of, you know, the moment of a pandemic, and it makes it very dangerous for people, so yes, it's um, definitely very, very turbulent times, and so, you know, having a, an arts podcast where you're talking about art, um, and writing, and, and theatre, and music, and, and film, and of course all of that reflects, reflects you know, our everyday life. So it'll be very interesting to see the kinds of work that comes out of this very turbulent period of of our lives. Well, and that's
0: true, and I think the positive side is the dialogue is open, that it's broader and more open than it's been before. Um, Because I was around during the uh, L.A. riots in 92, and it was basically not that open afterwards now everybody's a part of it and there's um, if, if it's like a true like Martin Luther King's rainbow it really is and I think that's the positive from it so maybe we're growing up a little bit and we're going to stop this nonsense and realize that we're all the same <laughs> well I, I hope
1: so I think one of the things that's really interesting is you know I notice on my social media feed a lot of you know, um, interest in in um, indigenous writers and 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 you know black writers and poets There's a lot of you know um, promotion of those of those voices, which I think is a really positive effect.
0: Oh yeah, absolutely. I it's weird. Um, I was raised, but yeah, absolutely liberal parents. But the thing is, is I never really until I was. a until I moved to the Midwest when I was like 8 I never thought about those things my friends when I was a little girl in kindergarten and elementary school they were my friends I didn't care what color or anything as long, I mean children aren't like that unless they're taught it mm, I think,
1: Yeah, I think that's just yeah, something we are at of our socialization, which is really why we need this big social movement, isn't it? Isn't you it? know, and I think it happens in every country and in and every culture. You know, we all have inherent biases and privileges, and you know we need to be aware of those. And it's very hard. It's very hard to take a very good look at ourselves. And that's, you know, that's where we really need to look, isn't it? You know, what can we do about our own behaviors?
0: Um, and if we all did that, then we'd be in a lot better place. That's, yeah, well that's one of the things I learned when I was a little girl, you start with yourself. You try to totally. be as good and kind and understanding and compassionate as you can. And then, you know, you have to realize you're, you're a faulty human being and you're going to screw up, but you do the best you can and you try to be understanding when the other guy messes up too.
1: But I think this is really interesting because I think it's um, an opportunity for the arts because we, when we, when we write a story, um, we we can create, we can put it in a fictional world, and you create this little bit of distance between between yourself and and the reader, or between the situation. You know, you can look at a situation in a very um, what's the word? in a in a separate you know, in a distanced way and you can look at it and evaluate it and perhaps even come up with some solutions and ideas and, look, this worked, you know I mean, I think, if you think of, say an iconic piece of writing like um, To Kill a Mockingbird by Harper Lee and how, you know and as it says, you, you need to you know, you don't really know anyone until you've, you know, walked in their shoes and been in their skin, Absolutely. that kind of thing and I think that we can, And we, it's very hard but when you put your, when you read it in a book, you can just divorce yourself a little bit from reality and, and analyse it in a little bit more um, detached way and without being so emotional about it and we can actually say, Hey, yeah, we can de escalate violence and we can and we can look sensibly and carefully at these things when we're not in this kind of mentality. So I think there's a really important role that the arts play at this time and and reflecting these things and giving us an opportunity to reflect on
0: these things. That's true. Um, Gregory Peck, who was in the movie for both To Kill the Mockingbird and Gentleman's Agreement about anti-Semitism, he said mm-hmm. books like that and movies like the ones that he made are both ways to just open the door a little bit. He goes, if we can just keep opening that door a little bit more and a little bit more by these kind of movies and books and TV shows and uh, I- uh, interviews and things like that. The more we do it, the better it will be. Yeah,
1: totally. Absolutely. Uh, and I think that, that writers have a role of it to explore that kind of thing. Um, now, because that is that is our job is to reflect society and issues that 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 are important to people. So yeah, I think it's really really important. And and you, I I don't know about you, um, Sherry, but I just. You know, I wasn't able to write much during the pandemic, but boy, did I read a lot. You know, I read a lot of things, and I consumed a lot of movies and 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 things like that because I think that's the moment, isn't it, where we also need some escapism. So just goes to show just how important the arts are in a moment of crisis. Yeah. Um, when we turn <laughs> to these other ways of of escaping reality, but also ways of dealing with reality. So have you?
0: Okay, this is me, I'm different, I know, but I've been watching a lot of movies that I call comfort movies. Like, they're not. Movies I like, that make me laugh, that uh, remind me of my parents, that remind me of stuff that's fun. Uh, From Disney movies to comedies to dramas, whatever they may be, I've been watching a lot of stuff that brought me some kind of comfort. Or TV shows, old classics. Do 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 you do that, or are you looking for the newest thing and binge watching like a lot of people are doing?
1: Um. Yeah, I just actually I think there's a bit of both. I like um, very. I like uh, light-hearted things as well. So yes, I do. I have enjoyed. I have enjoyed a lot of those kinds of things. But I also. I also like watching darker things, and I think one of the reasons for that is that I like to see the hero or the heroine find a way through. And I think that when you can confront those demons, you know, in on the screen or on the page, then then it gives us hope. It gives us hope that there's a way forward, you know, even when we don't necessarily see it at the moment. I mean, I, I was watching, oh, a series called Unbelievable with um, Tony Collette. Uh, as in one of the lead roles, and it's a very, it's very triggering, and it's about um, rape and and, and 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 catching a serial rapist, and really excellent writing in this particular series. Um, and but it just, just, uh, to me, there was some real hope at the end of the series because there's an opportunity to see that actually there are ways of coming out of these things and, you know, if people act in ways that are authentic and and believe people and do and hear and listen then they then they can, there, there are sometimes ways through these very very difficult times and so, you know, so I've been a little bit, in, you know, doing a little bit of both, Sherry. In terms of writing, I really struggle to write. Um, I think it's a little bit a matter of the concentration, you know, we're a little bit you know, it's hard to be dis- distanced from what's happening outside our our bubbles and our homes. So, I spent the pandemic lockdown period of five weeks, and, and which actually is when my dad died, um, which is really quite difficult. So, I spent that time, and all I could do was write little haiku, oh. um, just yeah. Just just a couple of lines and just a snapshot of my what my feeling was in the moment. And you know I'm a novelist, so, you know, those little things are not my thing. But, um, but I, I, I found that that was all I could do, and uh, we actually got quite a strong record of the pandemic just in those little tiny snapshots of, of words, you know, just those few words um, that, that really have conjured my feelings in this moment or that moment um, and I found that very valuable, uh, and now I'm starting to get back into into actually actually writing. So, and I have um, a new book coming out next month, which I'm very very excited about. It's my first ever story short story collection, Sherry. So, um, and that actually looks at monsters and and, and all sorts of forms, like um, you know. Cryptozoology type monsters, automations, zombies, but they're all a metaphor for something else, of course. And I have a lot of I delve into a lot of New Zealand mythology, um, and uh, you know a little bit of everything, and uh, some new fiction in there. So I'm really excited about that to have a first collection come out.
0: Well, congratulations! I think that's fantastic. First, I want to thank you. You're welcome. I also want to say I'm really sorry about your loss. I mean, I completely oh, understand you. it, and I really understand. And when my parents separately passed away, that's what I did. I wrote a lot of poetry. It, it's very expressive. It helps you get through it.
1: Yes, and I think it doesn't have to be for anybody either. It can just be a record for you. And it's it's short. It's quick. It doesn't. You, you're not committed to a year of writing like you are with a novel. Um, and Um, And particularly when it's someone very close to you and and just just you know I mean my dad was instrumental in getting me to write you know he he suggested it when I was just 10 you know (laughs) and he fostered a love of writing and and he never wrote himself but he was a very very gifted oral storyteller Um, and so so I you know and he he taught me storytelling in different sorts of ways like you know, we when we were children, we would my we lived. Uh, we, he was in the bank, and so the family moved around quite a lot. And the my 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 mum's family lived in Wellington, so we often used to do these road trips for the weekend down to see the family. And it's a long way when you're a little little tyke in the back of the car, you know, seven hours of driving. So dad would tell these stories, and. Um, he would tell these ongoing sagas as we would drive on, in the car and he would draw in from the landscape. You know, he'd say, oh, there's a barn. And, you know, and, and he would put the barn in the story, you know, or he'd put the, you know, the mud puddle or the, you know, he'd throw it in and it was just kind of story building as you go along. And it was basically, here's the problem. How's your character going to solve it? You know, and then you'd get over it using the character's resourcefulness and then the next barrier. And it was just a great it was a great childhood for um you know learning how to how to tell stories and i i never realized until later that that's what he was doing was teaching us storytelling and keeping us engaged and um and and you know in a in a fun way and so so losing dad was you know in the pandemic was really it was tough i mean i'm not the only one there's just been so much loss and um, and and in fact, it was. I'm very grateful we had a very. He wasn't alone. We were very very lucky. We were because the pandemic. Um, the the policy in New Zealand was for nobody to be with anyone with COVID. Um, fortunately, my dad didn't have COVID, so we were allowed one family member with him. So dad was not alone. Um, and so that was a huge huge um, a relief to us. But um, so in the in the pandemic, just being able to write those short short pieces and just using poetry meant that i wasn't committed and they're personal but uh and that you know i don't have to share them with anybody but in fact i have an arrangement with a friend of mine in wisconsin and she writes me a poem a a haiku every week and i write her a haiku every week and that's kind of what spurred it i had to keep writing this one haiku for her and you can't say that a haiku is a big commitment, it's, you know, it's three lines, it's, you know, not even three lines, it's 17 syllables, if you can't manage 17 syllables as a writer in any period of time, you know, you can't probably call yourself a a writer, writer. exactly, (laughs) <laughs> yeah, so having that engagement where I was required to send her required, you know, it, it's just an informal thing. So I committed to sending her one haiku a week, you know, and, and that's what she does for me and I do for her. And honestly, Sherry, it was a lifesaver. So in some ways, writing has been, you know, even though I wasn't able to write, it really has saved me, you know, and um, it's kept me sane, It's it's just given me that that grounding that I've needed
0: in this really tough time yeah I know it's hard to write when you're upset it's hard to write when you're grieving So, but poetry is the exception to me and so I understand about that because there's like you said it's a snapshot it's a snapshot of how you're feeling it's a snapshot of your inner emotion and it, it you can share it or you don't have to share it or whatever you want to do but it's a way for you to get through it and yeah absolutely i think totally. that's good and healthy have unhealthy. you published
1: any of your poetry sharing have yeah. you got any of that pu- published or have you just put it aside it's just for you to reflect on and refer to um down the line
0: uh some of it's been published and some of it oh. hasn't yes it depends on the poem uh, none of the ones I wrote when my mom was sick and and after she died, none of those got published. But I uh, some of the ones I did for my dad, mostly it, because my mom thought they were so beautiful and my mom was really grieving, and so I I they were published. Um, but it's really hard to publish something that's so personal. So if you you know, mm. but I mm. but like that like the three or four that I published they were special um one of them I read when my at my father's memorial when he died um oh lovely! thank you and I was like trying to keep my I didn't I cried I was trying to keep myself from crying as I was reading it but um it was like you know how there's always something weird when there's something formal and the, we weren't really going to um, services at that time, so we didn't have a rabbi. And the rabbi got all he got all his information wrong. It was like really funny. I mean, he said my dad served in the Korean War. He said he served in World War Two. He got my great grandfather's name wrong. He
1: oh <laughs> uh, yes, I think people. Yes, I think when you're very distraught, these
0: sorts of things happen. No, but it was like it was actually it was life-saving because it it made my mother it, it <laughs> amused my mother. It was Oh, okay. You know well, what I mean? That it is was good. That's a positive thing, then. Yeah, it was like we it was something that cuz my mom was in a trance. He was so grief-stricken. And so as she's hearing that my father fought and bravely in World War Two. she looked at me, and she's like, she broke out of it, you know, for a minute. <laughs> I think
1: that, I think that writing from trauma is a very interesting area, you know, I mean, you know, um, I think that there's, that you, there's some absolutely beautiful, beautiful work that comes out of writing from trauma, particularly if you're able to tap into the emotions that you're feeling. And I think that, that is, like you say, why poetry is very um, important. And you know, I've, I've been uh, some of those little poems I sent through to um, my publisher at Things in the World, well, Steve Dillon, um, and he, you, we. We've talked chatted with Steve before on um, on this show, Sherry. Um, and he's put out a couple of collections called Infected One and Infected Two. And they're basically writers, um, dark fiction writers, with their reflections, stories and poems and things that they've written during the pandemic and, and their reflections about the pandemic which oh, I cool. think is a really good record. And they're charity anthologies, so um, so the the money for those who are going to save the children coronavirus response, which I think is the great cause, and so so you know, it's very interesting some, some really very very strong writing in those collections and I think because people are writing from a, a place of loneliness isolation um, trauma, really, a kind of odd sort of trauma, it's been very very strange, it's been unusual and then there's the added trauma of say, the loss of someone close, or um, just the uncertainty yeah, it's a very it's an, it's, I think people have said you know it's unprecedented and that that's the word of the year, isn't it this unprecedented,
0: unprecedented. Mm-hmm. you know
1: year of just the strangest strangest it's been the
0: weirdest like, year I mean it started with the fires in Australia and then and then the pandemic and and then here the protests. Um, it's just been it's such an odd year.
1: Yeah, I mean, I hope that we come out of this with, as people say, a new normal, something different, you know, when we rebuild the economy, can we rebuild it in a way that, you know, um, improves the climate situation and, um, you know, make you know, because of the, because of the pandemic, we've seen uh, the situation of people um, exacerbated. So if people have been in in a difficult situation economically, or, you know, that, family situations have been under stress and then those things have been made worse and highlighted and you know because we're seeing them now you know where people have been on the bread line and just you know as soon as their job has has gone they they haven't been able to manage to to buy food and they're now in And we're seeing where the need is. And I think that that's an opportunity that we we absolutely need to seize on to make life better for people in these situations, you know. um, um, I know that, you know, Indigenous families have really struggled. Um, people with marriage issues and, and, and domestic abuse have really struggled. So there's been all sort, of, you know, depression. So we're really highlighting those areas where we have been failing people in society. And I think that this is, you know, that term crisis opportunity there's really an opportunity now for us to do something and make life better for people and because we're sort of starting from a clean slate in a sense, you know um, everyone is, everyone in the entire world is in this place and so what can we do to improve the situation for people who are not as privileged as ourselves
0: I think that that's something that we should do anyway I mean yes, you're right, it is a chance, it's a clean slate but it should be an automatic thing, that we should help others, that, that charity is something that, it, it, it shouldn't be something that is because we have a crisis. It's, it should be natural. You, you see someone in trouble, you want to help them. That should be a natural reaction.
1: It, it's interesting you should say that because um, one of the, the tenets of this, this particular crisis, or in fact our, our our local Prime Minister has used this term a lot, and that's just be kind, and and if if we are kind to each other, we can hopefully get through this, so I think, it, I mean, it's, you know it's been my mantra forever, it's the, it's the term that I, it's the, it's the thing I try to live by, and, um, and I think if we were all were to practice a little bit more kindness, then we would be in a lot better place.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's true. It's weird too, if you think about it, that it always is something bad that brings about something good. It's just this weird thing, uh, like war will bring things that are good to the world, and crisis of pandemic, or crisis of um, hunger, or whatever. They will find a way to help the people that are going through it, and then... It'll be something that isn't just good for that one area. It's good for everybody. Why do we have to wait until something bad happens? Why can't we work through and see that it's happening around us? Do it.
1: (laughs) That's absolutely right, Sherry. So, anyway, speaking of (laughs) arts in these times of crisis, tell me about the uh, Sherry's Playhouse. What's going on there?
0: Well, sherry's Playhouse is very quiet right now because um, two of my editors are actually doing emergency service work <laughs> and they're oh working gosh. every single day twenty four hour days some of them aren't even have they ha- they haven't had maybe two hour breaks I mean they haven't had a day off they so they haven't actually been able to work on anything so Right now, before I was doing reprises of shows, um, I hope that once we flatline in the country and it eases off on one of them's working for New York Transit, so he's like constantly working, um, that once it eases off that they'll be able to work on the editing again and we'll be able to start the show again.
1: (laughs) Oh, that'll be great. I'm sure a lot of people are looking forward to that because it's an absolute highlight. It's lovely. And it's just such a lovely community project as well. You know, you've got your regular your regular um, voice artists, but it's nice that you have, you know, lots of people who call in and want to be involved in that. So it's, it's, a, it's a really nice community-building project. It is. Um, especially and when we're all distanced.
0: I actually have, ooh, three... So two new playwrights, three new actors, all waiting at the bit to get going.
1: Excellent! That's great. That's great to hear. Yeah, and, and I'm really um, that. You, you know, you remember that I'm part of um, Young New Zealand Writers, which is a which is a group that provides you know writing and publishing opportunities for New Zealand school students. And we normally this about this time of the year have a you know annual day out for our students, but. Um, you know, which we do, workshopping and, you know, talk about books and, you know, the kind of stuff that you and I do. Right. <laughs> um, but we've, we've had to put it online this year, obviously, because when the pandemic hit, they cancelled all the venues and, and that kind of thing. But the the group that I work with has been fantastic, and they've come together and done some things online, put some um, webinars up for students, and so that's still going to go ahead as a sort of online virtual program. The, the exciting thing about it for us is that... Um, is that it's available for everybody because it's online, you know? So, so that'll be online for about a year, and just some just general webinars about, you know, how to use poetry in your prose and and things like plotting. And so this is for for, for young people to learn about, you know, to talk to to learn about writing um, and expressing themselves. And that's that's going to be on on the nineteenth of of um, June in New Zealand, just a week away, but it'll be the 18th in the United States. So anyone who wants to click into that and have a look at those webinars, um, we've got some New Zealand writers talking about speculative fiction and and how and and um, poetry and and uh, character and that that those kinds of things. And uh, so that's young New Zealand writers. Great. Um, Yep, and just click in there and they will be, and we'll also be presenting a couple of books of students writing, which is one of the things I did over the pandemic was to edit 65 stories by (laughs) by, um, young New Zealand secondary school students, um, so... Uh, lots of new talent coming through, which is it's so exciting for me to see, these young people able to express themselves on the page and um, have an opportunity to get their work out there and be, um, and be you know, published. Uh, it's quite a big deal. Oh, yeah. um, But also just that experience of going through the publishing process. So at this stage, we're just going to start, I think it's just going to come out as an e-book next week, and then a little bit later in the year, we'll be bringing out the print book because um, obviously we've had some issues with uh, print and delivery and those kinds yeah. of things with the pandemic so um, yeah I think a lot of people have been affected by you know just the delay in, in, in various supplies and things for, for books and it has made a big difference to writers um, able to get their books out you know as I said Grotesque Monster Stories is coming out next month um, and uh, but um, a number of books have been pushed to further down into the, the year, um, more towards your winter, um, because of just uncertainty. So Dan, Dan Raybats and I, remember you, you've spoken with Dan on this show a few times, um, we have our the last book in our uh, Path of Wrath series coming out in November, it's called Blood of the Sun, and we've just done the cover release. So I'll send you that image that you can put that up. Cool, (laughs) Sherry. Um, Another Danielle Sarah um, cover, absolutely gorgeous. So really excited about that, so that'll be coming out in November, so it's been pushed a bit further down the road because of the pandemic obviously, so can't wait to see that one come out, really pleased, really proud of that book, and it's really sort of a culmination of the, of the story so far, but also a, an episode that stands alone. So yeah, quite a, lot of, quite a lot of things still happening, even though we've been in, in lockdown, I think next year will be quieter for me, um, but certainly this year there's still some things coming out. So.
0: Um, What is your, because we're coming to the end, what is your new book about? The one that you were talking about, the book of short stories?
1: Oh, that's called Grotesque Monster Stories. And it's 11 um, stories of automations and zombies and um, New Zealand monsters and some that I've conjured up myself. And and a lot of them are metaphors, so they talk about, you know, real issues like, you know, um, tradition and dealing with... um, and and dealing with uh, uh, betrayal, the those kinds of things. So there's, there's, they're monster stories and they're action stories, but they're but they also have a, a deeper underpinnings, I would hope. So and uh, and that. What, what, say the name of it
0: one more time, because I couldn't. You said it really fast.
1: Grotesque. Grotesque monster story. <laughs> okay. And it's coming from things in the well, Australia. So. Um, yeah. I'm very excited about. I'm very excited about that coming out. I've never had a short story collection before, so when Steve Dillon sort of approached me, it was like, oh, wow, yeah, that's a great idea. And sort of, the, the, I, I sat on it for a while. He sort of said, well, when you get it, when you've got a collection ready, let me know. And I sat on it, and sat on it, and then I thought, oh, you know what? I really need to. I really need to do this. I have some favourite stories, and I, I've got some other ideas that can. You know, bring this theme together, and so really excited, and Steve's really working hard for me, especially since it's such a difficult difficult time to be putting out a book. Um, yeah. so yeah, really pleased to to have that one come out. Um, yeah, yeah, it's got some beautiful Steve Chapman ah uh, sorry Greg Chapman artwork on the cover, which is really unusual. As I've never seen anything quite like it on the cover of a book, so I'm excited about that too.
0: And it has it come out, or is it going to be coming out?
1: It's coming out on the twenty fourth of July.
0: And that's that's why, uh, like Amazon bookstores, all that.
1: Yeah, yeah, it'll be available most places. I think the print book will be a bit slower. I'm not quite sure. I mean, I think that's just because that's just because of the way books. Deliveries are coming out a bit slower this time, so um, But yes, it'll be available. It's a few a couple of advanced reviews out now So people seem to be people seem to be liking it. So that's exciting. Cool
0: And do you have any virtual events that you're taking part in?
1: Um, I'll be involved at well obviously the young New Zealand writers webinar series for young people about writing so that but although those are open to anybody I'll also be at Worldcon, which is Con New Zealand, um, and that's at the end of July or the beginning of August. And I don't know what particular panels I might be on yet. That hasn't been announced, but um, I'll be at that. I'll also be at the Quill, the Utah Writers' Quill Festival Conference. Um, I think that's in August. Sort of something like that and a couple of local I'll be in a local um, event in September which actually might be an in-person event because New Zealand is, is open now uh, well at least internally we're open so um, that may well be an actual in-person event which has been planned and we're sort of waiting to see what the organisers decide so yeah a few things coming up so that's quite exciting
0: Cool, cool and um just uh, for the new listeners, could you give your website and your social media?
1: Um, yes, I'm at, at Lee Murray Writer on Twitter. Um, you can find me at um, www.leemurray.info, is my website. So most of my, you know, where I'm going be will to be will be there on that. Um, on that uh, website and you can always sign up for my newsletter to get to find out what's going on I only send out about four a year because I'm very disorganized but generally (laughs) if you want to know what I'm doing I I try and put a lot of information into my newsletter so feel free to sign up for that cool
0: Um, I want to thank you for taking the time for coming on the show Uh, it's been great fun I hope you've liked it
1: (laughs) oh Sherry it always goes so quickly doesn't it it does It's been lovely to chat with you again and I I hope we can talk again later in the year when it's not quite such a a sad and difficult time that the world is going through. Yes,
0: and I'm hoping that soon things will get more, it won't be perfect, but a more even keel.
1: (laughs) I hope so too. You stay safe, Sherry. You
0: too. And thank you for chatting with Sherry.